You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, beloved. I'm back. Hey, I want to welcome you to another edition slash episode of Doctrine and Duty, where the theology of the Word of God meets everyday living. And I want to just go jump right into, go right toward Isaiah chapter number one. Somewhat in light of a recent previous podcast on sin, I want to just share uh, from Isaiah chapter one just some, some encouraging words that helps us understand what it is that we are to do with our sin. In, in the book of Isaiah, we find Isaiah prophesying to a rebellious and disobedient people. Uh, the people of God have become rebellious. And so much so that God says in verse 14, Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my face from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. So that is the indictment from Almighty God. They have stopped listening to the Lord. They are still going through the motions. They're still, we would say today, doing church. They're participating in religious activities and festivities, and yet their hearts are far from the Lord. Now, one thing that we know is that the Lord knows our hearts, and the Lord's chief concern with us is that our hearts be right with Him. And then Isaiah goes into this detailed um, description of how it is that they, and by virtue of application, we might be able to get things straightened out regarding our sin, how they could get things straightened out with their sin, how we can get things straightened out with our sin in our relationship to the Lord. He begins in verse 16 of chapter 1 in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. So we, we encounter God through His Word in the book of Isaiah, giving us imperatives, commands, giving us a prescription for coming back to Him. He says, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Obviously, that is a reference to our spiritual relationship with the Lord. Certainly, I would recommend uh, physical, um, physiological. I would recommend bathing, showering, cleaning yourself up, very important things, uh, good hygiene. But this is a spiritual aspect. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. And we, we know what that means. We, we know what it means to clean up, get, our, get your act straight, so to speak, um, straighten things out, clean yourself up, sober up uh, is what people tell drunks. Uh, so wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Get right with the Lord. Come back to Him. Come to Him on His terms and not our own terms. And then in case we're wondering or struggling with what it means to wash yourselves or make yourselves clean, it says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. It's almost like as you are washing, as you are bathing spiritually, there are some things that need to be removed from your life. It says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Now, it's interesting in this text because 
the people were going through the motions. They were doing those activities, and yet God says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. So, so what are the evil deeds that need removing? If they are participating in worship, if they are a religious people, then, then what is the Lord referencing when he says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes? It's interesting how that's worded, the evil of your deeds. Hmm. See, it doesn't say evil deeds. Worship, practicing your religious um, duty from the Word of God, these things are not evil. But he says the evil of your deeds. That goes to motives. That goes to the heart. The deeds themselves are just deeds, but what is the motivation for those deeds? What is the, the goal? And of course, for them, their goal was to just appease God, to make God happy, or to check a box and to sort of satisfy their own, um, their own desire for being obedient outwardly or externally. And yet the Lord says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. It's almost like he's saying to him, listen, it doesn't matter what you do. What matters is who you are. What matters is, is your reasoning for coming to, to worship and participating in religious festivities. I think that's very important for us today. Now, with Corona, here we are in October of 2021, we're in, a, in an unprecedented time where uh, this message a year and a half, two years ago, would be much different than it is now, because now people don't necessarily feel guilty for not coming. As a matter of fact, many use Corona as an excuse for not coming or the effects of corona for not coming, or the fear of corona for not coming. Let me challenge you, beloved, if you are staying home out of convenience or out of pleasure, then if you are a member of a local church, you need to return to the Lord and return to the church. The Bible tells us that we are to be gathered together as the people of God in worship. So, uh, let's let's get on back to church as much as you're able to, if you're physically able to. Let's do that. But back to the text, it says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Well, those are very practical commands. Stop doing something that's wrong. It's like Isaiah is the most clear-cut counselor ever. He doesn't sit someone down on a couch or a recliner or a sofa and, and just tell them all of these things and take an hour to do so so he can build them later. He just says, here's my counseling. Stop. Stop doing evil. Stop doing wrong. Stop doing bad. Whatever's bad and evil, stop it. It's clear counsel. It's actually good counsel. Just stop. Cease to do evil. And, and it's, in its place, he says, learn to do good. Now, one thing that we know about the Lord and our relationship with Him is there's is this. There's always been this exchange situation that goes on. In other words, we exchange something for something else. So whenever we got saved, the Lord exchanged a lot. He took away our sin and gave us His righteousness. He took away our lostness and made us found. He took away our restlessness and gave us peace. He took away our anger and gave us joy. He took away our shackles and he gave us our liberty. He took away our slavery and gave us our freedom. God's exchange program is pretty awesome. Amen? I heard that. Amen, brother. Thank you for that. So here, the exchange is stop doing bad and start doing good. He says, learn to do good. 
Do you realize that we might not always understand what good is, but as we grow in Christ through sanctification, we should be learning to do what is good. So if there's ever a question, come before God, come before His Word and find out, is this good or is this bad? Talk to your pastor, find out, is this practice, is this belief, is this thought that I'm having, is it sin? If so, the Bible says, stop it. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. It goes on to say, seek justice and correct oppression. What's interesting, we live in a, in a day in which the last couple of years we have seen a lot of social justice issues uh, that we've been faced with. The Bible says seek justice and correct oppression. Uh, we're, we're not to go crazy. Uh, we're not to harm people. But where we're able, we are to speak a word of justice. And we should always seek and pursue righteousness and justice. And we should always seek to be correctors of oppression. And in the same, in the same vein, we're also to be peacekeepers and truth-tellers and peace-pursuers and peace-providers. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. We can be a blessing to those who are adopting, or the Lord might lead us to adopt uh, our own selves uh, in that ministry, or we might be able to help a local crisis pregnancy center, bringing justice to the fatherless, helping the orphans, helping those who are not able to help themselves. And then it also says to plead the widow's cause. The Bible is very clear in the New Testament about caring for your family. And the obligation for caring for widows, first and foremost, is the job of the family. But some might find themselves without the family. And if that is the case, then it is the job of the church to care for the widows. So today's been the scripture, but it's been probably, well, there's theology. Yeah, we've covered a lot of theology, but we've covered probably just as much or maybe a tad or a touch bit more uh, deity as well. So uh, i tell you what, what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop there, and then we're going to come back and we're going to cover verses 18 through 20 of Isaiah chapter 1 in our next episode. Hey, listen, I love you. God bless you. Find a local church. Get active. Folks, please, please. I don't know how to say it, but just, if you're at all able, get off your couch and come to church. Please, please stop using whatever as an excuse to not worship with the body of Christ. Now, if you're not able, if you are physically not able, then please worship online as best you can. But if you are able, think of what Christ has done for you and come on back home. Listen, I love you. Take care. I look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Doctrine and Duty. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.